Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Global Confidence Conference. It's such an honor to have each and every one of you here today. Thank you to all of our speakers, to our sponsors, and to all of you for attending today. We truly appreciate you. At this time, I welcome our Master of Ceremonies, Dr. Lakeisha James. She's the CEO and founder of Designer Events by Lakeisha. Welcome. Thank you, uh, Regeline. Welcome to our first conference of 2023, the Global Confidence Conference. I am your Master of Ceremonies, Dr. Lakeisha James. I am so excited about this event. Confidence means different things to different people. Tonight, our speakers will share their view on confidence. While you're listening to these amazing speakers, think about are you confident? What does it take to be confident? Grab your pen and paper and take notes. So let's get started. I want to introduce to you our host, Rosaline Sabat. She's a motivational keynote speaker, award-winning author, life coach, first-generation Haitian American, the host of Walk With Me podcast on JRQ TV, financial expert, and CEO and founder of Life Service Center of America, LLC, endorsed by Les Brown. Welcome, Gigi. Thank you. It's such an honor to be here with each and every one of you here today, and I'm looking forward to your inspirational talk. So we're going we're gonna to introduce our keynote speaker, Melissa Jackson. She is the host of your life podcast and author of Habits for Radical Success. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our keynote speaker, Melissa Jackson. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I absolutely love this topic, especially in this day and age right now as we head into 2023. And I think that this day right now, as we look at the news and all of that kind of stuff that's going on in the world, we've kind of had our life shaken up a little bit. This this whole topic of confidence is something that we really need to step boldly into this year in with, especially this next quarter in with. So if you guys are not familiar with me, um, I do a lot of consulting for Fortune 500 companies. I've been doing business consulting and overhauling operations since I was a teenager, and I'm really self-made, um, self-educated from the age nine up. Neither one of my parents graduated high school, and I taught myself with a six-year-old GD book until I was able to save up enough allowance to pay for a brand new GD book and then went on to get two college degrees and then build my businesses. And when it comes to confidence, I want people to really ask themselves this one question. If you were in a relationship with somebody that lied to you every single day, every single day, they said, hey, today's going to be the day that I'm going to clean up the kitchen. Today's going to be the day that I'm going to do this. Today's going to be the day that I'm going to do to go pick up the kids or I'm going to go get a job or whatever it may be. If you were in a relationship with somebody that did that to you, let's say 20 times a day, would you still love them? Would you have confidence in their ability to follow through? And most likely, if you're really honest with yourself, the answer would be absolutely not. But unfortunately, when it comes to us, we don't view that the same. We ask ourselves why we don't have self-confidence, but we lie to ourselves on a regular basis. Whether that comes to putting our health first, our priorities first, our business first, ourselves first, our commitments to ourselves first. We do not fulfill those obligations. We lie to ourselves consistently. And that's not to beat up on you guys by any means. We all do it. But how 
How can we do that? How can we break through that? How can we and why should we build that unstoppable self-confidence that's going to be able to get us through whatever tribulations, challenges, or whatever it is that we're going to face in the world moving forward? What, whatever's in the news, whatever comes tomorrow, whatever comes next week, next year, whatever that adversity challenge or great opportunity may be that's right in front of you, how do you build that self-confidence? And what I want to encourage you guys to do is to do one thing real quick. Grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, and just stick with me for a couple of minutes. I want you to write down just one, maybe, maybe if you're feeling bold, three things that you know you have been procrastinating on or running from. What's one, two, maybe three things that you've been running from? Have you been running from writing that book? Have you been running from telling that person how you feel about them? Have you been running from going and starting that business? Have you been running from having that tough conversation? Have you been running from changing every single aspect of your life by changing it on a dime, by just changing your dynamic, changing your situation and changing your surrounding, quitting that job, whatever it may be? What are the things that you are running from? And you don't need to pick the biggest one. In fact, I really encourage you guys, don't pick the biggest one. Pick the smallest one on that list. Now, I would encourage you guys to do it as quickly, if you cannot do it right now, as quickly as you possibly can. Maybe one thing you've been running from is exercise. Stand up right now and do a jumping jack. I don't care what it is. The proof of the matter is this. The way that you develop self-confidence is by breaking through negative momentum. Self-confidence is being able to believe in yourself to follow through on things. Self-confidence is being able to put yourself onto a positive momentum regardless to what is happening in the world. Self-confidence is knowing that you can believe in yourself to follow through even on things that are scary and moments that are scary and moments that you know that you can follow through on things regardless to what happens in the world. That is what self-confidence is. It's that self-confidence that's going to get you that job promotion. It's that self-confidence that's going to be able to make it so you can change the world. It's that self-confidence that means that you're going to be able to excel in your family in this new economy that we're stepping into. It's that self-confidence that's going to make it so when adversity may hit in the future, you know that you've got this. Because here's the thing. Here's another thing that you'll realize as you start to redevelop your self-confidence. There are a lot of moments in the past that you look back that maybe you didn't think you had the courage, the self-confidence, the pride, whatever it may be to be able to push through that day. But I guarantee you, if you're watching this right now, you have overcame those days. And that is another thing to be confident about. And another thing that you should self develop self-confidence from but it is because you had self-confidence from past days. So I encourage you guys, if you've lost some of your self-confidence throughout COVID, throughout other challenges, throughout the years, or whatever it may be, try that challenge. Develop the self-confidence because here's the thing. And the last thing I'll end with is, is this. We deserve to see your life if it was on fire and self-confidence and all of your greatness and everything that you bring when you're confident in your gifts and your abilities and every single thing that was put into you to impact this world. 
So for me, guys, that's what self-confidence is. We believe in you. It's time to believe in yourself. Thank you so much. Thank you, Melissa. Wow. Thank you, Melissa. That was powerful. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. My pleasure. Our next speaker, Ambassador Dr. Keith Roll. He's a statesman, principal consultant, excellence network, LLC, visionary president, Royal Ambassadors Ministries Incorporated, certified life leadership coach, roundtable specialist, TV and radio personality, scholar, facilitator, mentor, author, retired Air Force veteran, chaplain, and officer. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Ambassador Doc Dr. Keith Roll. Welcome, Dr. Keith. Well, good afternoon or good evening, wherever you may be in whatever part of the world. I want to thank Gigi, the hostess with the mostest, for having me a part of this platform, uh, this Global Confidence uh, Conference. And uh, the keynote speaker, I'm glad you put her up first. So she set the bar high and she stayed right within her time. And uh, I was a chaplain in the military and an officer so I know how to stand up, speak up, shut up, and sit down. So my assignment was to talk about prayer and the prophetic guide. And I want to use as a topic prayer and prophetic guideposts for confidence. I'm gonna read a couple of scriptures and I'm going, I didn't do a PowerPoint since we only had uh only five minutes, but I'm gonna use the hand illustration. And so hopefully you'll get out of this. I'm going to read a little excerpt of a prophetic word that was given in 2018 to business people, as well as I will uh, give you some steps, action steps of how to receive prophetic revelation or prophetic uh, proclamations that may be given to you. And I'm going to close with two quotes. This being Women's History Month, uh, Wednesday was International Women's Day. So I want to salute all of the women that are on this uh, StreamYard platform and you're in business, your mom, you may be in the military, you may be clergy, whatever profession you are in, it's about you. In Hebrews 5, verse 16 says, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in a time of need. If you look up the word confidence, it means to have that self-assurance, to have faith or trust in something. Or something. I put my trust in God unapologetically. And therefore, he's the source of my salvation, the source of my strength. And I want to let the whole world know that I have full confidence in his word. I have full confidence in him. I have full confidence in the son and the Holy Spirit, that trinity, uh, that reached the court. Three is the number of testimony as well as trinity. And then there's another scripture in 1 John 5, verses number 14 said, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. Now, I'm not preaching to you. I'm just letting you, I'm just sharing uh, my beliefs. And I'm a, a, a retired military uh, chaplain as well as a preacher and an apostle. 
So I want to come from the good book. And it is a book uh, that has 3,000 promises. And it's amazing how many business people and even people that may not have a relationship with the Lord read the biblical principles and they get a return on the investment through their belief because God is no respect person. So we can approach God if we ask anything according to his will. What is his will? It's in the word of God that we that he will hear us. Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. And Jesus, the son of God, whom he gave to the world, said that my father always hear me and I and my father and I are one. And this could be like a husband and wife relationship. Uh, my wife, Lady Joy, she can think some I can think something and she'll come and she'll execute it. And so I have confidence in her. She have confidence in me. And so it's not about a faith problem. It's an image problem. Many of us don't recognize that we are sons and daughters, citizens and ambassadors. We're also warriors and worshipers, as well as kings and priests. So using the hand illustration, I'll start with this. You got to know who you are. And I just gave the four uh, types. You got to know whose you are. You are a child of the most high God. You got to pray in faith. You got to have authority and you have to believe. And you're going to have to come uh, knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that which I asked the Lord for according to his word, that's his will and his way for me. And I have it. And therefore, I use uh, an acrostic called HAP. You got to have that habitude. You got to have that aptitude, and you're gonna, uh, I mean, attitude, and you're gonna have to have that practice. And so the first, I'm I'm raising my right hand. I'll start with the thumb, and uh, the habitude and the positive mental attitude is to come with thanksgiving. And the pointer finger comes with praise. The middle finger come with intercession. You are praying for someone else. You don't realize how someone else, faith may be weak, but your faith can carry them across the goal line or raise them up or from a bit of affliction until they become strong enough that they can begin uh, doing things on their own, praying on their own. And then the ring finger on this right finger is petition where we are asking uh, God for something, and then there's confession. You can put them in whatever order you want. And I want to use Jesus as a model. He uh, used the left hand. Uh, he had a scheduled time. He had a secret place. He had a, uh, he, it was time of solitude where he didn't let anything crowd him out. And then the ring finger, he had a specific prayer subject or target and then five he had a strategic plan of how he will uh approach the throne of grace with confidence i forgot to say this in the beginning but a guidepost is like a a gps and many of us rely on our gps uh and it's a beacon it's a signpost and many of you may be in the fourth in the fork of the road, what do I do? Well, 
you can ask the Lord and you have a relationship with him and he will answer you and he will reveal things to you in a silent voice or in dream, or he can speak through someone else. And, uh, that person can confirm that which may be the Lord has been speaking to you as well as give you directions of how to get from A to Z. Now let's go very quickly to the prophetic. And uh, whenever a prophetic is given in 1 Corinthians, it talks about that uh, the prophetic or prophetic utterance are given to strengthen you, to encourage you, as well as to comfort you. If anyone give anything other than that, that is really not a great prophetic word. And I told you I was going to share. Uh, back in 2018, someone sent this to me, and I'll read a few excerpts. And just to show you, it may be given uh, many years in advance, but at a set and appointed time, that prophetic word will come to pass. And I'll share a personal illustration with you. But this person said, it will be a time of elevation for my people and said, my glory will penetrate homes and cause a desire for many people to serve me with tenacity. He, uh, this person that gave this prophetic word says, corporations will see an increase of wealth as my blessing floods through causing promotions to come. My spirit would overtake the workplace all levels uh, for first those in high will create new cultures and environment. What COVID-19 did, we saw an influx and a rise, and we saw a new paradigm with technology. Uh, a lot of corporations now don't travel uh, because they can do Zoom and StreamYard, use YouTube and Clubhouse, uh, and, and they save on their budget. So when I was back in 2004, my late spiritual father, Dr. Miles Monroe, I was at a leadership conference, and he said to me, you are a royal ambassador. You are an ambassador to the nation. I was traveling to the nation's doing things as a statement, but just in 2021, uh, I'm sorry, 2022, I was given an appointment to be a peace ambassador to the UN. So that prophetic word was given in 204 and 218, it came to manifestation. Very quickly, how do you receive the prophetic ministry? You got to, if it's tape, write it down. I've heard the keynote speaker and Gigi said, get a pen and pad, the more senses you retain. The Bible tells us to judge prophecy. Does it line up with scripture? Share it with an elder or a spiritual uh, advisor. Don't interpret it in the light of wants or desires. When Jesus went to the garden, he said, not my will, but your will be done. Ask yourself these questions. Is this consistent with everything God has been saying about life? And how will this affect current responsibilities? Is this God's timing? Timing is very crucial, uh, crucial and critical, and we can be persistent, but we got to also uh, be patient. And then we got to just trust that what God says he's going to do, he's going to do it. Ask him to uh, confirm it. God is not upset if you ask him questions. And then always honor the gift and the giver, the person that may have given you that prophetic word. Now, Miles Monroe is not alive today. We know he perished, he and his wife and eight others in a plane crash, but his children are, are still alive and I'm paying it forward. 
how can I show this for all he did for me? And lastly, if you don't bear witness with what that prophetic word is, and you don't have peace about it, just for you, James. So it has been a pleasure sharing the prayer and the pathway for confidence. And so I want to conclude with a quote from George Bonner, where he says, when people feel good about themselves, they will perform better. And in light of Women's History Month to all the women here in the United States and nationally on this conference platform today. This was given a quote by Jacqueline King. She said this, women who support, uplift, and encourage other women without fear of competition are the most confident women in the world. And I want you to know that you are confident and we will see you. Thank you so much, Ambassador Rowe. Thank you so much for sharing. And I like confidence, which is self-assuring. Thank you so much for sharing. Our next speaker, Regine Banu. Regine Banu is the founder and CEO of RB Advisory, LLC, which provides cyber risk management, security assessments, compliance services, forensic audits, and privacy consultations for private sector and government clients. In 2016, Ms. Banu founded RB Advisory after years of working in risk management and compliance industries. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Regine Banu. Thank you so much, everyone. And uh, thank you, uh, Gigi, for the kind of invitation. And, uh, you know, as we have stated before, um, love the fact that it's a Women's Month that we're actually doing what we're doing. So very cool story. We don't have the time to get into it, but... Um, I've been an immigrant, right? So I am an immigrant. I'm originally from Haiti. And and that took a lot, right? So coming here when I was 10 and introducing into a new culture, into a new American culture and friends, there's a lot that you needed to learn very quickly. And I think the first thing is, um, and I applaud my mom and my dad for doing this and the family that we have, is having confidence, right? Even starting from a younger age. And sometimes we get to a point where now we're looking to do that at where we are now. And that was, that was one of the things that actually um, helped me survive, right? Not speaking English and not understanding, but really wanting to grow, wanting to learn, and I came on a mission. And a lot of these things, that's where we, we're looking into ourselves internally and see how can we build that, right? And we had to build it because my mom couldn't come to school with me. I had a lot of cousins, but that didn't work out very well, right? So uh, self-confidence, right? It's a powerful thing that we should have, and I know it takes a lot. Sometimes we do, and sometimes it's stripped away. It depends on that things that we've come in place, but it is very an overall um, thing um, conf, um, characteristic that we need to build within ourselves, and then it helps us in um, as well as a human being. I know coming from the security world and being a minority, being a woman first, and then minority on top of that, that takes a lot, right? But I think we all we all go through imposter syndrome, and that is across industries, but that is heavily in mind. What does that really mean? We know what we can do, we know our capabilities, but then when we step in, we start doubting ourselves. And those are the little things that we need to start looking at. And instead of that, I think um, that we need to start reeling that back. And what I've been able to do, and how do you continue doing that? And I suffer from that. 
full disclosure, but every day it's something that we built into because we meet new people that we've never met before, maybe at a higher degree, a higher level. And um, now we're presenting, we're moving up within our own um, company that we work with, transitioning in careers as well. But however, we keep forgetting who we are and that's where the best thing is, right? Where the confidence come in. I always say, believe in yourself. I started my company, not because, you know, someone always told me someone needs to give you an opportunity. I said, well, someone needs to believe in you. So one morning I said, well, if someone needs to believe in me, I'm someone, then if I don't believe in myself, how can I ask someone else to believe in me? And that's where all of this, hey, I've been here and I've survived all of this. Now, what is it that I can root it in, right? Mind you, I had a three-year-old at that time. So there you go. But I had to make that stance and I had to bring in what I know, the mechanism that would help me move forward. And I had to build that, rebuild that confidence because there's a lot that went on. And be kind to yourself, right? Uh, you're going to come into play where it's going to be a little bit shaky. But guess what? If you're kind to yourself and understand where you are and who you're surrounded by, then that should not be an issue. And be passionate about who you are and your craft. The more you know your craft, not in an arrogant way, but in a very humble and confident way, that you can exert yourself and uh, communicate, articulate yourself in what you're looking to do, then it's a no-brainer. I always say don't speak because you want to be heard. Speak because what you're going to say is going to be impactful and is going to move everyone that you encounter within where you're speaking. So again, presentation, another thing, right, can build your self-confidence, right? How do you present yourself? How do you feel about yourself? And how, when you look in the mirror, what do you look like? How do you, do you take care of yourself as well? All of these are things that we that builds your self-confidence no matter what, where you are and what, where you go into, right? And oh, the other thing is be goal-oriented, right? That's always something that is going to bring you back into who I want to know and what I want to do. I know for me, in a sense, in, in doing what I need to do, yes, I have the confidence, but then I need something else to build upon it, right? You start building the foundation, you start surrounding yourself by, with others that really see who you are and looking forward to you to better yourself, right? And they're not going to just let you know, oh, you look great, you're doing great, and you're not, right? So you have to surround yourself with truthful people, friends, colleagues that's going to be able to help you built and continue on that road as well and confident people in a sense that you have to be open to feedback right and that's one of the things that's going to help you as you continue on into this mode right so i one of my the and as i put the topic in place right how is it that i you get to project yourself into all of these um and in any environment and that's one of the things that um that you need to question to ask how can I confidently project myself into an environment and then be able to move forward and be um, be respected and be um, acknowledged and um, be able to move forward? So I would say that um, a lot of these things are things that you take and then acknowledge, you know, change, acknowledge your, um, your abilities. That's number one. Acknowledge who you are, believe in yourself, and then surround yourself with the right people. And continue to go through the process of understanding who you are and where you want to be and not move away from there. So quick question to ask yourself, okay, am I ready, right? What are the things that I can see that's really uh, impacting me and uh, not allowing me to do what I need to do? And also too, why not, if it's not you, then who else would it be?
Did I make my five? <laughs> Hopefully. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for giving us some examples of how to build confidence. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise. Our next speaker is Dr. Katia Pagan. <clears throat> she was born and raised in Puerto Rico, <clears throat> studied nursing and medicine, and was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, ending, ending her residency. After being treated traditionally and feeling sicker, personal research and lifestyle changes honor her unique body composition. She is the CEO of K Miller Wellness and Hybrid Healing Puerto Rico, where she focuses on concierge medicine tailored to clients' unique composition, guiding and empowering them to their journey of self-healing as her intention is to allow them the opportunity to activate and awaken their inner healer. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Dr. Katia Pagan. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Ooh, I want to ask you to take a deep breath in with me. Inhale for four. In, two, three, four. And hold. Two, three, four. Out. Two, three, four. Hold. Two, three, four. In, two, three, four. Hold. Two, three, four. Out. Two, three, four, hold, two, three, four. <sighs> For me, self-confidence stems from the level of love that you have for yourself. When I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, self-love was the last thing on my list. I was always working, putting my patients first, putting all the criteria for, you know, for my job to get the paycheck. At home, I would put myself last. I would make sure the house was done and everybody else's concerns were taken care of. Putting myself last not allowing space to love myself, not loving myself enough to speak my boundaries and my desires, slowly turned into a physical condition that made my immune systems drop. Because I studied traditional medicine, I was blessed with being able to access the proper treatment for my condition and it didn't work. I got side effects, so I took pills for the side effects and the side effects of that, I still had to keep up with the paycheck and my work, so I had to make myself sleep. My cycle was off, so I would use another pill for that. Discovering that speaking to your own self writing a letter to your own self, asking yourself to forgive yourself, and then using these tools to honor how you feel about yourself enough to speak up and surrender to a temporarily moment of unease when you speak forth how you feel and request 
for what you want is the best act of self-love. The payoff will be more self-confidence. And because I know that self-love or the lack thereof can create a physical dis-ease in life, my honor is to be present as evidence that you begin with you, you begin with self-love, which will raise your confidence, will raise your vibration, and how you keep attracting health, therefore, wealth. <sighs> Thank you for having me. Thank you, Dr. Katia. Thank you, Dr. Katia, for being transparent and sharing your story. Our next speaker, I don't have her bio, but um, Patia, if you could please introduce yourself, please, and then <laughs> proceed. I do apologize for that. Gotta learn how to flow with it, right? And I will make it super short. I am an expert on empowerment of women, abundance coach, and uh, podcaster, retreat host, and um, published author. So very excited to be here. We're excited to be part of it. And today I would love to dive a little bit deeper on how to really activate your abundance. And I know that many of you who are here live, who are listening, you heard a quote from Marion Williamson. Our deepest fear, it's not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And this is something that I'm really seeing. We can call it confidence. We can call it certainty. We can call it really owning our worth, owning our values. I think it's really important to see that we came here for a purpose, that we came here and our desires are divine. The desires that we have on our heart, the desires that we have on our souls, they were put on us into our life for a reason. So when we can truly remember that when we become unapologetic about who we are, when we learn to own our gifts, when we learn to come from our heart versus our mind that is trying to controlling us and tell us that we are inadequate, that we are small, that we should be people pleasing, that we should be doing everything and everyone and put ourselves last, like the past speakers were talking about it too. It's really about recognizing yourself. It's about loving yourself, creating that space for you so you can really embrace the God-given gifts that were given to you. And when you truly remember and realize that you're perfectly made for your purpose, the way you are, the way you see the world, the way you love the world, the way you see your gifts, that is going to really make you magnetic to your desires, to abundance. Because we get to remember when we are shining our light, when we are sharing our gifts, we are giving permission to other people to do the same. And there is no one like us in the universe who can do the same work, who can see the same things, who can feel the same things. We are more alike than we are different and we get to see that and recognize it and own it. However, really owning our lives, really owning our gifts, it's what's going to make us magnetic, what is going to make us confident because no matter where you go, no matter where you are, 
People will feel your energy. They will feel how you carry yourself. People will feel that certainty and that confidence in within you. And when you can start embracing yourself for who you really are, for who you really came here to be, not who you think you should be, not who you think that the world is requiring you to be, but coming back to your heart, coming back to yourself and really embracing it, feeling it, living it, that is really going to activate your abundance. And the most beautiful things, we all know it, the energies are contagious. So when you are oozing with this beautiful confidence, when you become magnetic to your desires, other people around you will be activated. Other people around you are going to be inspired. They will want to support you. They will want to work with you. They will want to offer you opportunities. And it's because you're owning your light because you become this beautiful lighthouse in the darkness for others. And sometimes we need the lighthouses from others, which is so beautiful to recognize that we don't have to do this alone. However, when you can really embrace it, when you can really own it, not only you're helping yourself, but you're also helping others on how to step in it, how to own it, how to be it. And this is what is really going to activate abundance in your life. The fulfillment that comes from the heart, the fulfillment that really comes from the service, not only from the things that we can achieve and do. I know that I've been that way in the past when I was achieving things and everything looked right on the paper and I felt unfulfilled, like going, you know, from growing up in abuse and toxic relationship and hurting my body and then realizing that what it really takes, it's come back home to yourself, come back to your heart, own your light, own it unapologetically so you can activate the possibilities and abundance in you but also in others. Thank you, Patia. Thank you, Patia. Own your light. That's powerful. Thank you so much for sharing. Our next speaker is Daniela Lissigo. Danielle is an entrepreneur, investor, corporate lawyer, business consultant, and creator of the How Not to Get Screwed by Your Lawyer workshop designed to help business people better manage their relationship with their lawyer. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Danietta Lasisco. She's not with us at the moment. She's not here. Okay. So our next speaker will be Jenna Johnson. She is a holistic nutritionist. She's a health coach, wellness warrior, Lyme overcomer, gut health expert, and motivator. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Jenna Johnson. Hello. Welcome, Jana. Hi. She just joined. She's in a hotel room, so it's kind of uh, it's kind of not super clear. Not a problem, Jana. We can go ahead and move on to the next speaker to allow you time since you just got in the studio. Doctor okay. Jane, move on to the next speaker. Thank you. Yes, yes. So our next speaker is Mitch. Grant is an author of How to Hire and Keep Great People, Teaching Leaders How to Hire Great People. He's a speaker, host of the Mitch Gray Show podcast at Mitch Gray Media. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Mitch Gray. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for this opportunity and for everyone listening or watching online. Welcome. Uh, so many great messages already, and I'm sure the next hour or so will be filled with so much more wisdom. 
So when I think of confidence, the first thing I do is reflect back on my journey. I, I think we all kind of do that often, right? It's like, what have I been through? Where have I been? What experiences have I had? And I also reflect on the thousands of people that I've had the privilege and honor of working with, coaching, hopefully inspiring and impacting. And I also think of the people that impacted me, as was stated earlier. You know, we can all mention people that have been mentors, that have been guides. Maybe it's our ancestors. Maybe it's people that are currently still experiencing this life. But we're very grateful for those experiences. And so when the idea of confidence comes up, I think of two things. Number one, it's intention. And number two, alignment. And when you really begin to dig deep into the idea of self-confidence, it's like there's no replacement for repetition, right? Like we just have to continue showing up every day in those moments, in those opportunities, in those relationships. But we have to show up with that intention that opens the door. I'm going to lift the phrase that was just used to shine our light and to also empower others to shine theirs. But what does it really mean? What does it look like to live with intention? So let's think about it this way. Intention matters because it guides us on how we show up within each and every moment. And if you're like me, you find yourself often living in the past with regret or frustration or maybe joy and happiness, but you're still living in the past. Or maybe you're finding yourself thinking about the future. How will things turn out? Why is this happening? What's going to happen? And so we often find ourselves living in the business that isn't ours. Really, our only business is to show up in every moment. And that's what intention becomes. That is why intention matters. But what about alignment? Alignment is our compass for ensuring that the environments we put ourselves in, that the network we surround ourselves with, that the activity and thoughts are leading us to becoming who we desire to be. And so when we step into each moment with intention, into each relationship, beginning with ourselves, then with others with intention, and we begin measuring and using that compass of alignment, we begin finding that confidence really like lava from a volcano, it begins really stirring within us. That is the spirituality of humanity, right? And when you're around someone, as the speaker just said, when you're around someone who has that same stirring within, it is incredibly contagious. But what does this look like on a daily basis? Because it's like, yeah, self-confidence is great, but what does it look like when I get in the moment that I need self-confidence. When I wake up in the morning on the wrong side of the bed or when I go to bed and at night and maybe the day didn't go quite as well as I had hoped. A few questions you can ask yourself to really have some actions for becoming more intentional. Number one, what are you doing when you feel most fulfilled? What are you doing in those moments that you're like, yeah, yeah, this is the way life should be. There's a truth there. Number two, who is around you when you feel the most joy? Who are the people that you're around when you're like, yes, I connect with them? Some people use the phrase, that's my tribe, or that's my family, or that's my people. Whatever language you want to shape that with, the question becomes, who are you around when you feel the most joy? And number three, what matters most to you? What are those values? It's really interesting when you start talking to people about their values, because unfortunately, so many people go through life and never sit with to creating their values. We don't view that with intention. 
but what are you really wanting to get out of this life? What matters most to you? And alignment, three action steps you can take for alignment in question form. Number one, be clear, or have you been clear on what types of environments, activities, people, thoughts uh, that impact you positively? So when you think about those and you identify the ways that, that this life impacts you positively, multiply those moments. Number two, listen to your heart, soul, emotion, and spirit. They are telling you a truth. And lastly, live with the beginner's mind. There is a truth in your DNA that was gifted to you. Step fully into that truth. And my friend, life will unfold in ways that will blow your mind. Thank you. Enjoy it and live with intention and alignment. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you, Mitch. Live with intention. I like it. You got to be intentional. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. Our next speaker is Daniela Lucio. Daniela is an entrepreneur, investor, corporate lawyer, business consultant, and creator of the How Not to Get Screwed by Your Lawyer workshop designed to help business people better manage their relationship with their lawyer. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Daniela Lucio. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is amazing. Um, I'm going to start off with a sensitive question, maybe a little differently than the wonderful speakers have started so far. But how many of you have been in a romantic relationship where you thought, I'm just not sure that this is the right relationship for me? And I don't know about you, but I know I've sometimes found myself in that situation. And the reason it's relevant today is because a friend of mine taught me a little trick uh, when I was telling her about it. And I realized after writing my book that it actually was perfect for developing confidence in our relationships, in not only the personal relationships, but in professional relationships. Because as much as we can acknowledge that you know, confidence is important in our lives. It's not enough to just say we need to find more confidence. We need tools. Just like when we set a goal in the future, we don't get there. We don't get to the goal unless we have steps and processes in place to get us there. I'm sure you'd agree with that because I know I found myself at the end of the year sometimes and thought, how did we get here? I haven't got where I need to be. And it's only because we don't have some systems in place to get us there. Similarly, um, I found this little trick, this little tool, and I like to add it to like what I call my confidence toolkit to practice in certain circumstances. So for example, when I was telling my friend years ago about um, I was finding myself in the situation, you know, I just don't know if this relationship is right. There's something not right about our communications. And she said, use him as practice. And at first I thought, oh, I don't like that because I hate the idea of using anyone. But it actually was a very loving point because what she was saying is, you know that you've got some opportunity to show up differently. If there's something wrong in this relationship, that is not all about him. This is also about you. And I owed it to myself, therefore, to say, okay, well, where can I improve? How can I show up differently? How can I practice showing up differently? Because if I do that, I can show up in a leadership role. And just by virtue of doing that one little thing, taking on an assumption that, yes, I can practice being better, I am automatically 
growing in my confidence. So without thinking so much about confidence and without the pressure of building confidence, because sometimes it is, it's kind of stressful. I know I'm supposed to be this, but I don't know how to get there. Well, just think, how can I practice showing up differently? And ultimately, when I wrote my book, How Not to Get Screwed by Your Lawyer, it was all about showing up differently with our professional relationships. So if you find yourself sometimes in a relationship, whether it's someone you're working with, a colleague, uh, a boss, a subordinate, whoever, whoever, somebody that is on your team, and things aren't quite going the way you want, or people are not responding in the way that you think they should, ask yourself, how can I show up differently here? How can I practice showing up in a better way to make this relationship a little more productive? So it's a little trick. I hope you can use it to boost your own confidence without thinking so much about the pressures of knowing that we have to show up more confidently, but it will hopefully just be a little tool that you can add to your toolbox as well. Thank you, Daniela. Thank you, Daniela. I like that. This is a different, yeah, I like that. Thank you so much for sharing. Our next speaker, Jenna Johnson, she's a holistic nutritionist, integrative nutrition health coach, wellness warrior, Lyme overcomer, gut health expert, and motivator. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Jenna Johnson. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, so I want to talk about the importance of being your own um, health and wellness warrior uh, that's really, really super important. And, you know, when I was really, really sick with Lyme disease, uh, I had to take my health into my own hands because I went to, you know, 14 different doctors and was told numerous things and not one doctor could find out what was making me so sick. And, uh, you know, not being able to have confidence in our healthcare system is a really big deal, um, especially today. Um, with so many different uh, mental diseases and things um, that that are going on and that we have, um, it's very isolating when you feel like you're not heard. It's very isolating to have an invisible disease. Um, and so it's really, really important to learn to be your own health and wellness warrior. And you do that uh, by learning to listen to your body. So many of us, including me, you know, when I was really, really sick with Lyme disease, before I knew what it was, uh, and I was in the beginning stages of just not feeling good, right? I had light brain fog, I had anxiety, I had headaches, and I was fatigued and tired all the time. And I had two little kids, so it was really, really easy to chalk it up to, to just being a busy mom of, of two toddlers, right? And I worked... Uh, and you know, what happens is when we don't listen to our symptoms, our symptoms lead to sickness and our symptoms are our body's way of talking to us, right? So you want to listen to your body when it's talking to you through symptoms before it's screaming at you, right? Uh, when you don't listen to your body, it continues to talk louder and louder to you. And then that can lead to things like autoimmune diseases. And, you know, it's much harder to get well and to overcome the more sick that you get. By the time I found out that I had Lyme disease, I had chronic Lyme disease because I'd been dealing with it for two years. 
and I couldn't find a doctor to listen to me because they thought I was crazy. I looked okay on the outside, but on the inside, I was not okay. And, you know, I don't regret any of that because it led me to my, to my calling, which is helping others to feel their very best and becoming a holistic nutritionist. And, you know, the one thing that I learned is that if I would have listened to what some of those doctors were telling me, I would have accepted it was just my thyroid, um, that it was just, um, that it was just me, that something was wrong with me or that Lyme could not be fully eradicated from my body. And instead I chose to not believe that I chose to become my own health and wellness warrior. And because I did that, I learned to listen to my body and I became my own advocate and I healed my gut and I healed my body and I got rid of the Lyme disease. And that has been, that has been nine years since I healed myself and I like to teach the importance of learning to be your own health and wellness advocate because that is so important in today's time. If you go to a doctor and you don't feel like they're listening to you, go find a different doctor. Find someone who listens to you. Find someone who's on the same page as you because it's not the doctor's body. It's your body and there's only one body that we get. So we have to take the best care of it that we can. And so what I would like to leave everyone with is to, to feel empowered and confident and knowing your body and nobody else knows your body better than you do and listen to your symptoms before they lead to sickness. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Jonna. Thank you, Jonna, and congratulations on healing yourself. I love Thank that. You. Our next speaker is Kay Rubacek, is a celebrated author, award-winning filmmaker, and distinguished journalist for NTD, Epoch Times News. She's a third-generation fighter of communism. Her family fled communism in Russia back in the 1920s, and her husband and her fled Australia because of socialism over 10 years ago. Now she is committed to fighting for the truth and repelling of all components and socialism in America. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Kay Rubacek. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? You did. You got it perfectly. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for the wonderful introduction. Thank you. And, what a, <laughs> and what an important topic to be talking about. What an excellent conference, Confidence. Um, I've interviewed more than 100 survivors of tyrannical regimes from all around the world men, women, children. Most of them are now living in the United States. They came here for safety and freedom. And most of them are actively working hard to maintain that here. Why? Because they had the confidence to seek freedom. They had the confidence to follow their values and they had the confidence to not give up what they believe in. And that's why they are survivors. I hope that we never have to experience the tyranny and the life and death situations that these survivors had to experience, but I believe we can learn so much from them and their experiences and especially from their confidence. These people all greatly inspire me. I've learned so much from them. I've turned their stories into books, into movies, uh, and last year I published a book called Nowhere Left to Run, 10 Steps to Survive Tyranny Today. 
Now, I won't tell you all the 10 steps here. You can actually download the whole free ebook from my website, krubercheck.com. But I'll tell you the last step, the 10th step out of the 10 steps to survive tyranny today. The 10th step is confidence. And that's exactly what this conference is all about. Now, I was going to name the 10th step, have faith. But when you think about it, to have faith, I believe you need to have confidence. You need to have confidence in yourself, in your faith, in your values. And so that's why I named the 10th step to have confidence. Now, it's short, so I'm actually going to read it for you now. Step number 10, have confidence. People who carry out tyranny rely on lies, fear, and force. Their best bet is that you will eventually give up and give in, that you will lose faith in yourself, your fellow citizens, and in any power greater than the tyrannists. That's it. That's their ultimate base strategy. So change the odds and don't let them win. Have confidence that truth is better than lies, that faith is better than fear, and that kindness is better than coercion. Never give up, never give in. Your survival against tyranny has nothing to do with your wealth, your status, your influence, your ethnicity, your gender, or your intelligence. It has everything to do with your confidence in your convictions and your stamina. Those who have best survived tyranny tactics are those who had confidence in something greater than both tyranny and themselves, whether it was religious or spiritual faith, a moral code or family, family love, they had something worth holding on to and they never, ever let that go. Have confidence in yourself. You are not just a consumer. You are not just a data point. You are not a beast, a vermin or a piece of meat. You are not the result of an accidental combination of cells. You are not man-made. As a human being, you have a miraculous body with untapped mental strength, physical power, and natural regenerative healing abilities that you can learn to tap into and use to your advantage. You have spiritual senses and mental abilities to think, question, discern, and decide. Have confidence in your fellow humans who are given the same human form. Have confidence that life is not man-made and you have value, meaning, and purpose in this world. Tyrannists fear our confidence. Like the positive spark that spreads from a single human smile, human confidence is contagious. Ground your confidence in worthy, moral, spiritual conviction. Find it. Feel it. Use it. Strengthen it, show it, share it. And be humble knowing that there will always be more to know. Tyranny refuses humility and that will be its ultimate downfall. It insists that it is inevitable and unquestionable. With such arrogance, it appears even more ferocious, terribly loud, unruly and dangerous. But it is also desperate to maintain a show of strength, especially when its strength is fading. Decide the moral standard you want for your life 
and have the confidence to maintain it with dignity. Have confidence that you are worthy of making your own decisions and setting your own standards. That is a gift given to you because you are worthy and deserving of it. So use it with purpose. And remember, tyrannists are basically just waiting for you to give up. So never, ever give up. Thank you for putting this gathering together. It's really wonderful and significant to be here with you all and to learn with you and an honour. So thank you so much for having me and uh, I hope that contributed to our conference on confidence. Thanks. Thank you, Kay. Thank you, Kay. I hope you guys are taking notes, cut off some nuggets. We have some more speakers. So make sure you continue to know. Our next speaker is Carl Pantu. Carl Pantu is the owner and president of Squash and Stretch Productions. Carl is a storyteller and motion graphic artist. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Carl Pantu. Hello, my name is Carl Ponto. I am the owner of Squash and Stretch Productions, and I loathe the question, so what do you do? Because so much of our society and people's sense of self-worth is tied up in what they do. And in reality, no one really cares about what you do. What you do is not that special or important. But what is way more impactful, way more profound, what people really want to know is why you do what you do. And understanding your why and being able to craft that into a powerful story something is a huge confidence boost. Even if you never share it with anyone else, just knowing internally why you do what you do it gives you a huge confidence boost. And the way to do that is a simple process. It can take a little bit of time to really dig through all the different uh, steps and can come across some fairly deep and heavy moments in your life, but it's absolutely worth doing. And those simple processes, you start with who you are today, where you're at in your life, and start working backwards and asking yourself, so why am I doing what I'm doing? What got me to where I am today? And keep asking those questions working backwards through your life. And you'll find usually you end up at a point when you're between eight or 10 years old, or maybe even a little bit younger, there's a key moment that stands out in your mind as to who that really set up who you are today, where your values are, your, your viewpoint and kind of your, and it, you'll see when you look through the entire kind of timeline of your life from back to front, some key themes that really indicate what drives you as a person, what your what you your beliefs are, what your purpose in life is. And once you know that connection, once you have all that that story figured out, it makes what might have seemed like a kind of a happenstance job you fell into or a a thing you just kind of did because you you lucked into it as it's really your calling in life because what you believe in, what you the impact you want to have on the world is often driven by things that happen much earlier in, in your life that you aren't even really aware of. And so just having that self of sense of self-awareness is a huge confidence boost. For example, I worked with an immigration attorney, very introverted, very quiet person, and she felt like her story was actually going to alienate her from her network, from her clients. And so we, her, her specialty is helping people going through really uncertain times in their lives, trying to immigrate into the U.S., and so as we were talking, working back through her life, she talked about how when she was growing up, she lived in three different countries uh, before she was a teenager. The main biggest one she spent the most time in was Syria. And so her life was very uncertain because there was, there was never any kind of sense of calm and peace as she was growing up. 
Unfortunately, her father was very well educated, and so he he worked on the application to get into the U.S., and she helped him with it. And so the two of them got into the U.S. first, and years later, they brought the rest of their family over. But as we were, as we talked about that, and then she kind of compared it to what she's doing now, it clicked in her mind that the reason why she is so passionate about helping people go through that sort of experience is because she went through it herself as her childhood, and the childhood experience she went through is what she wants to help others go through because she had to do it on her own with her her, her father, and it was very challenging. So the chance to help other people have a better experience than she did getting into the U.S. is what drives her. And when it clicked for her, it was amazing because we're doing this over Zoom. She went from kind of uncertain, like her sat up and her shoulders went back and she had this, oh my gosh, like epiphany moment. And you get to see that her whole outlook on who she is as a person got way, way more confident. And now when she's presenting or she's doing like a, a talk in a, in a networking meeting or talking to clients, she can work that story in there and it just helps people understand just how amazing a person she is. And so the, those sorts of things that you might seem kind of uninteresting or, or normal to you are actually very powerful, compelling stories that when crafted the right way and really showing why you do what you do helps people understand who you are as a person and builds your confidence. When you get, when you start sharing it, it goes, it turns into this virtuous cycle because you have the confidence to share it and people go, wow, that's great. And they reinforce uh, the, the awesome experience it is to hear your story. And that loops back to give you more confidence and it spirals up and up and up till you're very confident and feel like you can take on the world. So highly recommend talking more about why you do what you do rather than what. Share that story with people and see how amazingly confident it makes you. Thanks. Thank you, Carl. Thanks. Carl for sharing. Next speakers, we have a dynamic duo. Our first speaker is Morgan Oaks. Dr. Morgan Oaks is a transformational speaker, coach, chiropractor, and healer who empowers the empowers the conscious cultivation of body, mind, and spirit. When we blend intuition, listening, and courageously inspired action, we all evolve into our best lives. Stephanie James. With an unrelenting commitment to bring the world as such much love and healing as possible, international presenter, filmmaker, transformation coach, author, and host of Igniting the Spark podcast, Stephanie has helped thousands to ignite the best lives and experience profound healing. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speakers, Dr. Morgan Oates and Stephanie James. Hello, everyone. It's great to be here. And we are doing our talk separate, so I'll do my five minutes and then I'll I'll uh, transition Stephanie in, and uh, this is such a great topic, and I think a lot of times we get told these things in life, like, just be a little bit more of this, right? Be more confident, just be more healthy, just be more loving, and many times that being thing is, it's very interesting to get to because it's not tangible, right? And so how do you, what do you do to become something? And so when I look at confidence, what I've always done through my life is I've really looked where I have that lack of confidence, right? And it'll tend to show up like fear. It'll show up like hesitation. It'll be those places where I get uncomfortable. I move different. Nobody else may even notice, but I can feel maybe the tightness in my chest. Like I have an awareness that there's resistance. And it really depends on who the person is. It can be around dating, you know, in relationship. It could be social interactions. It can be on a business level. It can be something that's, um, you know, 
an area of confidence and just don't feel like you have enough expertise to show up. It can be around healthcare. It can be other ways that we show up in our life. So the first part for me in developing confidence is finding those areas where we have resistance. Where do we have fear? Where are we dragging our feet? Where does it seem like it takes twice as much energy to do what we're trying to do? Once you have that located, for me, I like, what can I do? What can I take action on? What can I be proactive about to get to that end goal of confidence? And for me, it's always been courage, right? And so when you find that place of resistance, you can start working on cross-training with courage, right? And as we build up those courageous acts, we build that muscle of confidence. We're able to be confident by doing courage, right? And it doesn't always have to be directly at it. Somebody earlier today, there's been so many great speakers, somebody earlier today mentioned, don't pick the biggest thing, pick the smallest thing and go from there, right? And so let's say somebody's wanting to go back to school. It's time for a new career, a new chapter in life, but they don't know how to get there. You know, signing up for that college and moving to that town and doing all of the major steps may be too much. The first step, the first courageous step in the direction of that may be just getting on the website, maybe calling in and talking to the loan department about, can I get school loans for this, right? Maybe it's having conversations with other people that you know that are already in that career. And by taking those small, courageous first steps, it's going to build the confidence and the courage necessary to step into the bigger things necessary to bring that process to completion, right? And cross-training around courage or cross-training around confidence can be applied across the board, right? So let's say maybe your resistance is around dating and, and talking with those potential partners, but you also know you have a little bit of social anxiety, right? So rather than putting all the pressure on, I'm going to talk to this person that I'm going to meet and spend the rest of my life with, why not downsize it and go lateral? I'm going to make sure that once a week I go to a, a meetup or a group where I can just interact with people and, and work on being myself and sharing my story and letting my heart be open and, and being curious and courageous and being confident in a place where there's not so much pressure, right? If it's a business application, maybe you don't go for that biggest uh, sale, that one sale that would, you know, create cash flow for your entire year. Maybe you go out and you're like, I'm going to do five to 10 sales calls a week for those littler, you know, uh, sales that, that aren't going to make or break your business, where you can really learn the habit of being courageous, being confident, and being in your best place and your best self, so that when the bigger, courageous, confident um, applications are necessary, you've already built those muscles. So again, for me, I'm always looking at what's the way that I can approach this to build a stable platform that I can move from. And so again, in trying to develop confidence, don't try to end up there. Maybe notice where you don't have it. Notice what your fears are. Notice where you lose time or procrastination. Notice where it takes more time or energy to do that. Find the ways that you can take courageous steps. And then to cement that into your mind, at the end of each day, a really great thing to do may be to journal those areas. Where was I confident today? Where was I courageous today? So that that unconscious part of your mind starts realizing, wow, I am courageous, I am confident, I do have the ability to do this. So you're working all the muscles necessary to strengthen your ability to show up as your best self. I do believe confidence is 
that muscle that gets us to basically all of the things that we want in life. So I hope these tools and steps help you to admit where you are, be gentle with yourself, be kind with yourself, and have an easy to implement action plan to move forward towards that confidence you're hoping to experience. Thank you, Morgan. My pleasure. And Stephanie James. Hi there. It's so good to be here with you all. I'm so thankful to be a part of this conference. And, you know, my brand is The Spark. So whether it's my books, my film, uh, my podcast, it's all about The Spark. And so oftentimes people will ask me, well, what is The Spark? And I think it's so applicable to what we're talking about today, because for me, the spark is that inner essence that's inside of each one of us. And it's that spark that cannot be blown out by wind, you know, water can't wet it. It is that essence that is us. And I think we, we have life circumstances or we have events that can feel like it really covers up or maybe dims that spark. And so our work becomes, how do we excavate that spark? And it's important as we excavate that essential self that is us, the Sufis would call it lifting the veils so we can actually see. It's like cleaning off the lens that we experience life through to really see that we are still that essential self. And so I think part of really gaining confidence is cultivating a relationship with that essential self. Now, we've all heard the saying, you know, oh, just be your own best friend, just love yourself. And I know from over 30 years in the mental health field and personal growth, um, it's not that easy. And so kind of as Morgan alluded to, it's cultivating a muscle, it's growing a muscle. It's how we show up for ourselves day after day. And one of the things I really encourage people to do is to begin befriending yourself, which absolutely, as you befriend yourself and you get to know that essence that is you, you are going to build confidence. What you start with is a morning routine. Doing something where you wake up in the morning, for me, one of the greatest things I can do is wake up in the morning, just put my hand on my chest and say the things that I am deeply grateful for. I say my gratitudes, and then I marinate on those things. We know that it takes, research has literally said now, it takes 18 seconds to marinate on something, to really focus on something, for our brains to file it as important. So knowing that if we focus on what we're grateful for, we do something for ourselves in the morning, we meditate, we exercise, we start cultivating a muscle that says, I matter. And I think that's another essential message. Each one of our own healing matters. If we're going to step out into the world and be confident, we have to take care of ourselves first. And that's why we've heard so often that cliche about put on your own oxygen mask first. When you're in the airplane, that's what we do. As we better take care of and love ourselves, we're better able to take care of and love others. So it is this muscle that we begin to cultivate. Now, I think it's interesting too. One of the things I do with my clients a lot, with my coaching clients, is something called trying on confidence. So I think it's interesting because just like we would try on an outfit, 
we can try on and enhance different characteristics that we want to grow and we want to build. So as you start doing this morning activity that I spoke of, instead of crossing the day out at the end of the day, put a heart on the day so that you're really showing I showed up in loving relationship for myself. And then as you start to do that, you say, wow, I am starting to grow this relationship with me. And now I'm going to practice how do I try on this sense of confidence? You know, I'll give you an example to make this easier. A few years ago, I had a client who was single for the first time in 16 years, and she didn't know what it would feel like to go back out and date. And she said, you know, I, I don't feel like I have a lot to offer. How do I do this? And so what we did is we had her practice literally imagining different scenarios and situations and what that would feel like. Again, holding that feeling of confidence within her. We can all think back to times when we were confident in our life. Maybe it was when we stood up and gave the answer in sixth grade and we felt good about that. Or maybe we sang at a school performance. You can think back to your life and think of that confident feeling. And then just by marinating on it, we can help that feeling to grow. We know from brain research that what we hold up in our mind, our brain experiences is happening now. That's why, as if you think of something in the future and you start saying, oh, what if this happened? Or you ruminate about something from the past. Those things aren't happening, but you're feeling it right now. You experience the anxiety or the regret. The same is true for a confident experience. So as you bring that up, and that's what I had her do, really marinate on these times that she was confident and practice putting that on, again, just like she would an outfit. And so we said, and not letting it matter. I think, you know, Morgan referred to that as not having it be a huge deal, just going to something in a smaller event. So she was going to a social event and I said, you know, let's do this like a scientific experiment. If you go and the reactions you get, cause she said, I don't think anyone's gonna be interested in what I have to say. I said, well, if that's true, then we can put a check in that box. But the other thing, is people might be neutral or people might really engage with you. So she came back the next week and she said, you know, I decided I was gonna try on that outfit of confidence. I brought it up in my mind, I walked in, I held that belief of, yes, these people are gonna wanna talk to me. And she said at one point she was in a hallway and she had two different people vying for her attention. And she's like, I got it, this is it. So those are some ways that we can practice pulling up confidence within us, really igniting that spark within us, growing that muscle, which is relationship with ourselves. And then we can bring that inner confidence out into the world. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you so much for sharing. Our next speaker is CJ Grace, former BBC journalist. CJ Grace is the author of the humorous self-help book, Adulterous Wife, How to Thrive Whether You Stay or Not, an international bestseller. When Ariana Huffington received a copy, she invited CJ to be a, be a HuffPuss com contributor. CJ has written a second book, My Wild Ride, How to Thrive After Breast Cancer and Infidelity. Release date was October 2022. It is a candid common memoir and concert, cancer survival guide. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, CJ Grace. Thank you so much, Lakeisha. Well, as a humorous self-help author, my topic today is how humor 
boosts confidence. Unattractive, old, not enough. How many of us have felt like that? I certainly have. Finding out the man I believe to be my soulmate and partner for life was in love with a girl almost the same age as our son shattered my confidence. Then, barely a year and a half later, just as I felt I was digging myself out of that deep, dark pit of devastation, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So my humorous self-help book, Adulterer's Wife, How to Thrive Whether You Stay or Not, was inspired by dealing with the emotional roller coaster that infidelity put me on. My staunch belief that the best revenge is to get past the need for revenge became the mantra of the book. I didn't think I had another book in me, but getting cancer was the trigger for me to write a second one, My Wild Ride, How to Thrive After Breast Cancer and Infidelity. So when I called him out about that infidelity, my husband offered me a part-time wife position. I'm perfectly capable of loving two women at once, he declared. I'd be happy spending two or three days a week with her and the rest of the week with you. I actually considered that proposal for several months, trying to get my head around it. Then I was diagnosed with breast cancer for the second time. I carried the dreaded BRCA gene that Angelina Jolie had believed could be a death sentence. While I was going through chemotherapy, my husband was in Europe with his girlfriend. It was obvious I'd never be able to stomach a part-time husband. So before my marriage broke up, I never thought of myself as having any self-esteem issues. But I only realized once we split that I'd been living in my husband's shadow, sublimating my entire personality into serving his needs. Laughter therapy was one of the main tools I used to get back on an even keel and regain my confidence when I was coping with both infidelity and breast cancer. So I made an effort to hang out with people who made me laugh rather than brought me down. And I watched comedies rather than depressing dramas. And despite being a former BBC journalist, I gave up watching the news because it's all about bad news. Growing up in Britain, I was brought up on Monty Python's Flying Circus, which helped me notice the absurd humor of my situation, whatever was happening. And if you don't laugh, you cry and I'd much rather laugh. So that's why I fill the self-help books I write with cartoons and a lot of humor. There's even an Indian practice called laughter yoga to promote health and well-being. It combines yoga breathing techniques with laughter exercises. Sounds like a good idea, but I would rather laugh naturally from good conversations with entertaining people and from watching comedies without having to force anything. Seeing humor in your everyday existence isn't the same thing as always cultivating a positive attitude. That is hard to manufacture. And I can think of one or two people who sternly insisted I must stay positive when I was dealing with my breast cancer, who themselves manifested bucket loads of negativity when problems arose in their own lives. Yes, do whatever you can to keep your spirits up, but don't ever feel bad about feeling bad. Each side of the positive thinking debate has research to support it. For example, some studies show a positive attitude helps cancer recovery, 
while others indicate that positive thinking doesn't improve the outcome. It's impossible to be positive all the time, especially faced with setbacks like a failing marriage, breast cancer, or being in pain. But laughter can give you confidence and take your mind off your difficulties, both physical and psychological. American political journalist Norman Cousins was immobile and in extreme pain from a condition called ankylosing spondylitis that doctors said he'd never recover from. He watched stuff like Marx Brothers films and Candid Camera and discovered that just 10 minutes of induced hearty laughter would produce about two hours of painless sleep. Eventually, he became almost completely pain-free. Humor allowed me to take both myself and others less seriously. It's one of the most effective ways to make everyone smile and feel more relaxed. Laughter breaks the tension. I can now look back at my ex's part-time wife offer and see it as so ludicrous as to be a gift in terms of material for my humorous writing. Humor can be a wonderful antidote to insecurity and anxiety. It counteracts striving for unattainable perfection that would otherwise drain your confidence because the imperfections of life are a key part of comedy. It also supercharges your professional impact. Think about it. Most people prefer to listen to presentations that are infused with humor, and those are the speeches they're more likely to remember. Yes, it takes courage and confidence to be humorous, but being humorous builds courage and confidence. I'll end with an old saying that still rings true. Blessed are those who can laugh at themselves and their lives, for they shall never cease to be amused. I'm CJ Grace, and to find out more about my work and access some free resources to help you overcome breast cancer and infidelity or any kind of adversity, visit my website, cjauthor.com. That's cjauthor.com. So I'm grateful to the amazing Gigi Sabat and her sponsors for putting on this confidence conference. Now there's a tongue twister for you and for inviting me to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you, CJ. Thank you, CJ. It's always a pleasure being on the same platform with you. <laughs> I love it. Our next speaker is Deborah Watts. Having grown up on three different continents and observed the universal human trait of bias, she learned from experience to let go of the idea of normal. A natural born revolutionary, she struggled for decades to find her place. A former minister and engineer turned holistic relationship and leadership mentor. She understands from the inside of the challenges socially conscious leaders face trying to operate within the societal norms. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Deborah Watts. Thank you. I hope everyone can hear me okay. Yes, ma'am. Um, I hope you have something to write on because I'm going to ask a few questions because we have a little time and I always like to engage everyone in the process. So when I was thinking about this topic of having confidence, it reminded me of having a meal. I'll share what I mean by that in a minute, but I wanted to start with a quote. Your success will be determined by your own confidence and fortitude. And that was said by Michelle Obama. So we're all here because we value confidence. We know how important it is. And 
we may know what it looks like, right? We've heard so many descriptions from the previous speakers. Confidence can look like being under your be- being your best under stress, influencing others, having leadership and executive presence, exuding a positive attitude, being resilient, feeling valued, rising to the top, being sexy, experiencing courage with less anxiety, having energy and motivation to take action. These are all aspects of having confidence or being confident that we can recognize in others and maybe at times in ourselves. But why do we have such a hard time actually feeling confident day by day? And one of the previous speakers touched on it when he mentioned that it's intangible. It's sometimes it's hard to really know if we're really building true confidence or whether we're faking it till we make it or whatever it might be. Um, But do you want to know what I've learned about confidence? As a holistic leadership mentor, I've worked with many people at various levels of confidence. And one thing that I've learned is that it happens way quicker and easier when you're not trying to have it. You heard me right. When you're not trying to be confident, it can actually make it a lot easier to actually be confident and feel it. Because in my world, in the world of radical self-acceptance, confidence is a byproduct, not the goal. So what's a byproduct? Well, a byproduct, and forgive me, I have an engineering background, so sometimes I can get techie. So I try to find something really simple. It's a secondary product made in the manufacture of something else. So to keep it really simple, (laughs) it's kind of like when you eat a meal and the byproduct is dirty dishes, right? Y'all get that? It's like you don't look to make dirty dishes. They just result from eating the meal. So what process is confidence a byproduct of? Well, it's a byproduct of the process that I call the path of radical self-acceptance. Because when we consistently accept ourselves exactly as we are, without needing to change a single thing about ourselves, then we're far more likely to experience behaviors and feelings that we would outwardly identify as signs of confidence, like we listed at the outset. And this is not to say that I think it's a bad idea to have confidence as a goal. Sometimes it can be the best thing. If I have stage fright, but I want to get my message out to millions, of course, building confidence could be a goal of mine so that I could reach my impact goals more easily. And, and I find oddly enough that often the notion that confidence is required for a greater quality of life is actually counterproductive or paradoxical because on one side of the paradox, changes in our behaviors, thoughts, and emotions can absolutely affect our quality of life, which confidence brings. But on the other side of that paradox, when we require such changes of ourselves as is quite a popular notion in our society, then we can actually do ourselves a significant amount of harm. Why do I say this? Well, the message that increasing confidence is required of us to be successful or to be happy is inherently also carrying the message that there's something not okay with us if we don't feel confident currently. So upon this latter message that something's wrong, is built an entire infrastructure of control mechanisms designed to motivate us to do better, whether consciously chosen or not. And 
this brings a little bit of sarcasm for me because like what would the world be with be without a healthy you know dose of shame and guilt regularly dished up for us in every aspect of our life right we we know it whether we're looking at magazines or the media there's constant aspects of shaming and guilting going on that we're not whatever fill in the blank enough but so what do we do how do we how do we resolve this paradox i would be really clear to frame it this way strive to improve only what you genuinely want to improve not because you feel you have to in order to enjoy fill in the blank so let's go back to our example so that you can understand what i mean by this so we're going back to the example of stage fright what if you put forth effort into improving your confidence as you defied, defined improving, not as someone else did? So maybe that just means being more confident in your copywriting to get your message across. And maybe it doesn't mean speaking in front of people. While accepting that your stage fright is real, it's valid, and it's present right now. Let me say that one more time. Maybe it's accepting that your sage fright is real, valid, and present right now. And I'd like you to write down the answer to these two questions for yourself. Is it okay to honor that? Is it okay to accept that stage fright, if that's the example that we're using? Mm -hmm. And what would getting curious about your inner conflict about your confidence change for you. So instead of needing to be more confident, what if you just got curious about that? Hmm. Tell me more about that lack of confidence. Tell me more about yourself. What would it change for you if you didn't need to be more confident? See, radical self-acceptance simply means that change in any form, including confidence, is not the goal. Acceptance is the goal. So there are always multiple paths to any desired destination or outcome. So it's not really, again, just to, to sum up, Radical self-acceptance is about acceptance. It's not about change. But the irony is that the more that we can accept ourselves without needing to change, the faster change happens. So if that sparks your uh, curiosity, I hope that was helpful in taking a different angle on confidence, not as the goal, but as the byproduct. Thank you so much, everyone, for um, letting me be a part of this today. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you so much, Deborah. You can have me thinking over here. I like it. Thank you so much. <laughs> and Lakeisha, I want to circle next speaker is Lakeisha, I want to circle back to Deborah's mm -hmm. talk and CJ's talk because it, it can it can make you think twice. And so if you were listening to the mm -hmm. message, make sure you got the message both ladies were stating, because what they're stating is very, very, very powerful. And so you if you have to circle back to the message and then listen in again. Make sure to capture that message. It's very powerful. Thank you, Deborah. Absolutely. Our next speaker is Kim C. Shaw. She is a founder and CEO, leadership development professional, and people champion. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Kim C. Shaw. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Wow. 
this is absolutely epic. I mean, I, I guess I'm really going to feel really basic after listening to so many amazing speakers, but I'm just taking it back to the roots, guys. Confidence, right? When Gigi reached out to me about this, and I'm like, of course I'll share. When do I not want to share about something that's near and dear? They call me the people champion because I have this way of making people feel amazing. I don't know why, but it's only because I love people. But when we talk about confidence, I love people. Self-esteem, first and foremost, is how we view ourselves, our own value, and our sense of worthiness. When I talk, when I think of confidence, I always go back to what's inside of us. So we know that it's a critical component of our decision-making, our risk-taking, our motivation, whether it's intrinsic or extrinsic. Now, those with lower self-esteem tend to believe that they're not as worthy of things like others are like achieving their own personal goals. While you can think of somebody who has a high level of self-esteem, they seem to have more resiliency. They seem to be able to overcome obstacles and someone on the other side is like, oh my gosh, nothing ever happens to them. Or when it does, they're just able to overcome that even if it's the worst thing ever. The reason is because they are sure that they are worth their desirable outcomes. Now, think of one thing that you hold a lot of value in. And I'm always using one of my favorite examples um, because it's so applicable. Gardening. I love, love gardening. Now, you're going to make sure if you're somebody who's gardening and you're out there in your garden and your flower bed and your veggies and so forth, you're going to make sure that you put all of your energy, a lot of energy into keeping your garden thriving and growing nicely, right? You're going to do that. Why? Because you love watching the flowers bloom. You love watching it. It makes you feel good. You might even put in that extra effort into researching the plants that you're growing and make sure that they're in the best growing conditions. You're going to go all out. Now, think of that as your self-esteem. It's similar, except that it's yourself that you're caring for rather than the garden. So your healthy self-esteem or value in oneself is going to bloom and breed Breed and breathe confidence just like those flowers that you're planting and you're blooming. And we know as confidence is defined, a feeling of self-assurance coming from one's appreciation of one's own abilities and qualities. So you are appreciative of yourself. You are appreciative of what you have to offer. You are appreciative of who you are as a person. You see where I'm going with this, right? So think about the flip side. A lack of self-confidence keeps us from living our lives to the fullest, keeps us from getting into those things that we dreamed of doing. We become afraid to freely express ourselves, contribute our ideas, or even share our talents. And think about what the world is missing when you allow that to happen. They're missing out on someone absolutely amazing because we all have something to contribute. Now, is confidence really beneficial? Why are they holding this conference with so many speakers talking about the same thing? I mean, how much can one talk about confidence, right? But if you notice that we all have a different contribution and we have a different angle at it and everything, look, I learned a bunch of stuff myself. 
Now, when you gain confidence from inside out, you will be more happy. You will get more enjoyment out of life. That's what it's all about. We only have one, right? You have less self-doubt, less limitations. So think about that. If you're not limiting yourself from sharing with us the world of what you have, amazing. You gain strength and capabilities that you probably never thought you had in you. You have a freedom from fear and anxiety. You have a reduction in stress, which is huge because, you know, nobody needs negative stress. You have a natural motivation to want to continue to do more and continue to contribute and continue to learn and grow. And great most of all, you attain greater and more attainable success. So where do you begin? Where do you begin? When we talked about, you know, we talked about so much and how do we actually gain this confidence that we're talking about? Y'all think I'm crazy, but you may think I'm crazy, but I say begin by talking to yourself. Talking to yourself. Don't think I'm crazy. We all do it. Everybody talks to themselves. The key is, what are you saying to yourself? How do you talk to yourself? Are you harsh and judgmental or supportive and loving to yourself? Do you give yourself grace, but you give everybody else grace? We all talk to ourselves, sometimes even out loud. I talk to myself out loud, especially when I'm working out. Girl, you got to do this, right? So there are two distinguishable modes of talking to ourselves. The first one is instructional, like working through a task or a motive or even motivational, like I got this, I got this. The motivational self-talk is closely related to our confidence levels and what we're believing that we are capable of. Now, the faculty at um, uh, the physical, physical education and sports sciences of the University of Tehran in Iran, they conducted a study of some basketball players of how motivational self-talk actually improved their abilities. You know, there are studies that have been done all over the globe about confidence, self, self-confidence, um, self-esteem and different things like that. Over 150 students were involved and the results concluded that positive self-talk and a can-do attitude actually does improve speed, accuracy. Accuracy was immensely improved versus that of the control group. So think about that with some of the other things that you have been wanting to do, but you lacked some self-esteem or some confidence in doing it. It can improve those things. You can do it. So it's true that believing and telling yourself you're capable of a task, even a physical one, contributes to you excelling at it. So when I tell you you should hear me at the gym, oh my gosh, some days I really need to talk to myself seriously. But if I wanted to do one more rep and I say out loud, girl, you got this, I do it. But when I don't and I stick to myself and I'm just like, oh, God, this is just not happening today. Guess what? It really doesn't happen that day. So it makes a difference. So what happens when you don't talk to yourself nicely? You kind of probably already know. There could be a whole lot of different outcomes, but the most common theme is that it's simply not productive. Rudimentary, basic stuff, right? 
negative self-talk can be fueled by so many different things. Irrational beliefs about yourself. A bad mood that is not addressed. Check that bad mood. Persistent pessimism. Oh, it's never going to happen. I tried this before. It's not going to happen. Being overly critical of yourself. Remember, I said grace early on. Fear and anxiety. Huge. These are all very real things, of course, and most of us experience it. Even the most optimistic, confident person on earth experiences some of the things that I just spoke about. But the trick is stopping them in their tracks. Stop it. If we don't reinforce our negative beliefs, guess what? They don't have no power on us. Brush your shoulders off. Keep it moving. Some of the things that can be powerful second um, thoughts that you don't want to reinforce and they have no power, saying things like, I'm not worth it. Ah, there's no use. Like I just said a moment ago, I tried this before and it didn't work. I just can't do it. People won't like me. Not true. The ones who don't, tell them to keep it moving. I am not enough. Yes, you are. And then some. Others are better than me. We all have something to contribute. My opinion doesn't matter. Yes, it does. It does matter. But if you fail to say it, nobody else is going to know it. And you probably would have saved the world. You could have saved the world, but you never thought about. You just said, I don't have it in me to bring it out. Don't believe those things because they're really wrong. They are wrong, period. We know that our minds are powerful machines. The thoughts that we produce can translate into action and that that's how we achieve greatness. If we're not fulfilling those things in our minds, right? If we're not fulfilling those things, negative comments about ourselves, our circumstances, we're creating boundaries for ourselves that we need to overcome. Do not fulfill those. Think of your mind as a computer. And of course, we have to program that computer for it to run efficiently and smoothly and complete the task that we needed to complete. Our minds are the same so instead of that negative self-talk, again, we talked about previously some of the thoughts that you might want to try and some of the things that you can say out loud, I can handle this, I'm making progress, I'm in control of this, I am willing to try, I'll get it eventually, might not be today, might not be tomorrow, but I can, I'll get it. I have likable qualities, I don't need to compare myself to anyone because there's only one of me, one of one. I'm complete as I am. It's normal to feel this way. Why we all do. Like I said, remember the most confident people out there have some challenges sometimes. And my very favorite, favorite quote is from John Lennon. He said, everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. If you have a favorite phrase like that, tell yourself that. When you're presented with a struggle, make sure you say it, you recite it, and you say it often. Thank you again for having me. This was a blast. And I hope one light bulb went off out there. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Kim. You know, I talk to myself too, but the thing I don't do is answer. If I ask a question to myself, I don't answer myself. So. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. So we have three more speakers. Um, I'm not sure we're going to have enough time. 
but we do have three more speakers, so let me go ahead and get to moving. Our next speaker is Nicole Jansen. Nicole is a transformational leadership coach and podcast host. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Nicole Jansen. Welcome. Thank you for having me here. Wow, Kim, you inspired me. You're so awesome. And I'm not going to cover and add on to any of that. Some of it I was going to, and I'm like, you just covered it so well about talking to yourself. I want to shift gears here and kind of come back to even where we started. There was a gentleman earlier in the program that asked a question that is so, so important. It is actually one of the most important questions and the most asked questions that I've ever heard from anyone in, you know, five continents, thousands of people that I've spoken to. It's who am I? So I would ask you that question. Who are you? Who are you? And maybe if you have a, 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 a pen and paper, you can write that down. And just for the moment, like just a couple of words. Who are you? I want to ask you also, you know, a lot of times when I ask people that question, they'll tell me I'm a mom. I'm a this. I'm a that. I, I am, I'm a, a, a business owner. I'm an entrepreneur. I lead. I'm a manager at a team or you know, and, and that's all great. And we are, we, we carry all those roles. But when you look at going deeper into who you are, we've got to talk about identity. I'll tell you a quick story is that a um, number of years ago, uh, I've been in business for over 30 years. I've worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and business leaders and coaching and training. And, and uh, anybody would say, I was confident and I thought I was confident. I thought I was doing, I was doing good until the person closest to me and someone talked about their husband and the situation with their husband until the person closest to me, in my case, my husband said, you're not enough. You're not attractive enough. You're not enough. At that moment, I really knew whether or not I was confident whether or not I had that self-acceptance that one of the previous speakers was speaking about. And I didn't, it literally crushed me. I started to look at what's wrong with me. Why did this happen to me? You know, and really that, who am I? It brought up all of the doubt, all of the not enoughness. And so I went on this journey of really exploring at a deeper level beyond the behaviors, beyond the, 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 the strategies that I could put in place. And, and, and those are all great, but there was a point, there was something that happened in that, that thing that happened in my life. It wasn't going to be solved at those things. There was no technique that was going to help me. There was no, um, even yes, certainly words were important to, you know, to, to, um, to, say to myself to say, you got this, you can do it. But that point, that wasn't the language. It, it brought up all my stuff. And it really bought, brought me to this question of who am I? Who am I without that relationship? And it took me down even a further path of who am I without my role, without the success? Ask yourself, who are you without your accolades, without your accomplishments? That journey with my husband started a, um, a, a snowball effect. And in the, the, the following years, I ended up not only losing my, my husband, I lost 
my business, a lot, a good part of my business. My parents both passed away. And when you strip it all away, when you strip it all away, you get to that point of asking yourself, who am I without all this stuff? And for me, that identity, I had to look at it and say, if I want to know who I am, I've got to ask the one who created me. So for me, I went and I had, I really questioned my faith. I had faith, but boy, did I question in that moment. But I, I went back to that. My mom actually was still alive and she encouraged me to go back and say, you know, talk to God to like, so I, I actually asked God, I said, okay, I know who I think I am. A better question is, who do you say that I am? And in, in the Bible, it actually, there's, there's well over a hundred different descriptions. He says that we are loved, right? We are cherished. We are blessed. We are the righteousness of God. If you're a believer, you know, there's so much there. There's so many blessings. There's so much that he is speaking into me. So beyond what I said to myself, what was even more powerful for me to, was to realize that the creator of the universe, the God of the universe says that I'm loved. He says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He says that I am to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, more than a conqueror. And that gave me the strength to realize I was getting my identity from all these other people's opinions and life experience and all the things outside of me. But when I started to anchor myself in my identity, and who God said that I was, man, my confidence, as one of the other speakers said, was a byproduct. I didn't seek confidence. I sought to get clear on who I was. And as a result of that, I developed rock solid confidence. Fast forward, COVID hits. Everybody goes crazy. How are you handling it? What's going on? Do you have enough toilet paper? <laughs> And you know what? I realized that what was happening is, is that so many of us had our, we have our identity based in the external things. You take the house and the car and the money and the health and the youth and the relationships and all of the things away. You can't take it with you. There's no U-Haul behind the, the hearse. When you take that all away, even now, what have you got? You've got you. You've got your identity in who God says you are. And as, as um, there's, a, there's a great quote that I just thought of, it said, you know, you and God makes a majority. And so if you are looking to increase your confidence in any situation, if you want to have rock solid confidence, I, I say now that I'm like the, the calm in the midst of any storm, because there's nothing that anybody could say to me that could lessen my confidence, lessen my value, because I know who I am. I know who God created me. I'm not perfect. And anybody who knows me knows I am literally not perfect, not even close. But I know who I am. I know who I am. I know who I'm not. And because of that, and because I'm anchored in that, and I remind myself of that, and I read scripture that remind me of who that is, who I am, that I can have confidence in any situation no matter what. So that is a gift that I would encourage you to give yourself, give yourself the gift of checking in with the one who created you to find out what he says about you. And I promise you, you will be pleasantly surprised 
because he says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are valuable. You are his most precious treasure. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. Hi, Nicole. So due to time, we have one more speaker, Cynthia Blackwell. Cynthia, could you give the audience the best advice um, in reference to confidence, please? I want to do your bio right quick. Oh, okay. And Cynthia Blackwell. Cynthia is known to many as a dynamic firecracker. Cynthia Blackwell is a business and life strategist, keynote speaker, influencer, and author. Ladies and gentlemen, our last speaker, Cynthia Blackwell. Okay, I have like four minutes or three minutes. So very importantly, we've heard from some incredible people tonight about confidence, different ways to look at it, different ways to look inside, just different tips. Very importantly, I hope you're going to take the thoughts, the things that you related with, take it through your arm and write them down. Very importantly, the three things that I wanna share with you, most importantly, number one, is this all begins in the morning. Our morning routine is so critical to providing us with success. And so I'm gonna drive home some things that you've already heard. Number one, start with, by feeding your spirituality, prayer. So for me, it's Psalm 143.8, right? Um, next, feeding your mindset. Today I am are the three most powerful words we can say to ourselves in any language, okay? Look at studies, look at science, but number one, we all say today I am. And then whatever it is that we say, that's exactly the kind of day we're gonna have. Number three is prepare your physical body to manage and deal with the stress and anxiety that's gonna come your way. Notice I said, what's going to come your way. All of the different things that we learn in scripture through the Bible, even though it was written thousands of years ago, it still relates to today. And again, prepare by feeding your spirituality, feeding your mindset so you can have a successful day. Every day is a good day, just some are better than others. And then third, love on yourself. Prepare your physical body to handle anything that's going to come at you, even when it, it's traffic on the highway, first thing in the morning, or the kids aren't getting ready, or something doesn't exactly go your way. So those are the top three things, the magical power of three, the top three things that I would share with you. It all begins in the morning, and then very importantly, take the things that you've been excited about, run it through your arm, and write them down. So when Gigi closes with prayer. Say thank you for the opportunity to hear all of the incredible speakers and advice, what related for you, and then take action. Okay, God bless you, and I'll see you again soon, I hope. Thank you, Cynthia, and thank you to all of our amazing speakers tonight. Thank you all for joining us, and thank you to our sponsors as well. We truly appreciate you. And now at this time, we end prayer by Lakeisha James. Oh. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for this day. We thank you, Father, for this day that you've made, and we're exceedingly rejoicing it, Father. We thank you right now for touching each and every speaker right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. If anything that they stand in need of, Father, grant that to them. We thank you right now, Father, for strengthening us in our area of expertise, Father. We thank you for guiding us throughout the day, Father. We thank you for being the head of our lives. We thank you for being our protector and our provider. We thank you right now for the host, Rajaline Sabat, Father. We thank you right now for guiding us tonight, Father, and we thank you right now for all that you're doing in our 
our lives. We give you all the honor, the praise, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you all. And um, we hope you all have a blessed night. Thank you.